We are in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 18 today. So you've got Bibles on your tables. It's page 603, page 603. Isaiah 42, verse 18. Isaiah 42, verse 18. Hear, you deaf, and look, you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger who I send? Who is blind as my dedicated one, or blind as the servant of the Lord? He sees many things, but does not observe them. His ears are opened, but he does not hear. The Lord was pleased for his righteousness sake to magnify his law and to make it glorious. But this is a people plundered and looted. They are all of them trapped in holes and hidden in prisons. They have become plunder with none to rescue, spoil with none to say, restore. Who among you will give ear to this? Will tend and listen for the time to come? Who gave up Jacob to the looter? and Israel to the plunderers. Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned, in whose ways they would not walk, and whose laws they would not obey? So he poured on him the heat of his anger and the might of battle. It set him on fire all around, but he did not understand. It burned him up, but he did not take it to heart. Just to say as well, you've got handouts on your table. Uh, so feel free to grab a handout so you can follow along. I'll jump in that microphone there, see if that's people at home hear me. Yep, I'm getting nods, that's great. Uh, also, I need to grab my Bible. Well, there's been many a cringe-filled moment, hasn't there, at the Oscars. I don't know if anyone here watches the Oscars. Many times when a celebrity figure has said something that has made everyone shudder in embarrassment. I think one of the greatest of these was in 2017. Let's see if anyone remembers this. The award for the best picture uh, was being announced, and the cast of La La Land, they were called up to receive it. Would the winners please stand up now? For mere moments after the actors had made it onto the stage, were starting to shake their hands, the host said, "Um, I'm so sorry to say this. There's been a mix-up. The award has actually gone to the cast of Moonlight, the film Moonlight. It was awkward. Awkward silence. No one knew what to do. The wrong people had got up and received the Oscar. I mean, talk about embarrassing. Now, the Oscars, they don't really make a difference, do they, to our everyday life? I think at most, they become an answer to a pub quiz question. But other than that, Oscars are pretty pointless. But Isaiah's message here in Isaiah 40 to 55, it affects the whole world. Compared to that Oscars mix-up, it's really important that we see what is going on here. It's really important we see who the real servant is. But why? That is the question we're going to be answering this lunchtime. Why do we... Here, 2022 Covent Garden, why do we 
need the real servant? Why does it matter for us? Why does it matter for the world out there that God's servant succeeds? Over these past few weeks, we've been hearing Isaiah tell us about God's great rescue plan for the world. And a couple of weeks ago, when I was last here, we saw it was going to come through a servant. It was going to come through a servant who was going to bring about a worldwide exodus. Isaiah had been writing this in advance. He'd been telling God's people to look forward to a bright future, a future that God promised was going to come, a bright future that was going to be on the other side of exile. You can imagine that as this description of God's rescue plan is announced, Israel, they're sitting there, they're getting ready to stand up, getting ready to seize the moment. The anticipation is huge. Is this the moment that God is about to be vindicated? Is Israel, they are, after all, God's people. They are, after all, the people that God has given this title of servant to that we've seen. They are the people that God has tasked to take God's instruction to the ends of the earth. But just like the 2017 Oscars, there is a hugely, massively embarrassing moment. There is a shock. And that is the shock we find here in Isaiah 42, 18 to 25. Have a look at verses 18 and 19 with me. Hear you deaf and look you blind that you may see. Who is blind but my servant? Or deaf as my messenger whom I send? Who is blind as my dedicated one? Or blind as the servant of the Lord? Can you just hear the disappointment in God's voice? Can you hear the embarrassment? As Israel, they start to rise up from their seat to accept that award. God turns and says, there's been a mix up. They're blind and deaf too. It says here explicitly, they have ears that do not hear. They might have the title of servant, but they are unable to do what the servant needs to do. In fact, we're still in the courtroom. Do you remember that? We've been in the courtroom with Isaiah. And to change analogy, it turns out that the star witness is blind and deaf. I mean, a blind and deaf witness, pretty useless in a court of law. They cannot lead the blind. They cannot speak to the deaf because they're blind and deaf themselves. We know the saying, the blind can't lead the blind. A deaf person cannot repeat to you what you've just said. This is devastating for Israel, but also for the rest of the world. See, without this servant, the world has no hope. In fact, without this servant, we have no hope. The world is deaf and blind. They don't know who God is. And they have no chance of being saved. Now, there are three big problems blocking Israel from being the servant to rescue the world. Three big reasons that Isaiah presents that make us look forward to someone who's going to do better. Now, as I say that, as you're eating your soup, you might be thinking to yourself, well, why do I care about that? How does this really affect my uh, life here in London this lunchtime? I mean, you're all too nice to say that, uh, or even to think it, obviously. But let's just answer that question anyway, because if we answer this, we'll get what's going on here. There are two big reasons we can miss that mean we need this answer. The first one is we just forget how central Israel is to God's plan. I mean, we have the Old Testament in our Bibles for a reason. Israel were meant to be the people who observed God's instructions so that the nations around them would see and that they would turn to the one true God. Israel, they were meant to show justice and righteousness to the onlooking world. They were meant to be a pointer of the wisdom 
of the one true God. You see, Israel was the world's hope. Ever since the Garden of Eden, humanity has been separated from God. And the only hope that humanity had was in the promises made to a guy called Abraham. That one of his descendants would bless the whole world. Israel are his descendants. So do you see that if Israel is to fail, then God's plan is to fail as well. This is massive. That's the first reason. Second reason, we quickly forget where the whole world stands before God. See, society around us, it tells us that we can save ourselves, uh, whether that's through technology, education, money. It's so ingrained into our world that it'd be hard to see the truth. The world around us thinks it can save itself. And we, well, we can begin to think that as well. But Isaiah here in chapter 42 shows us that that simply cannot be the case. When we see the bleak picture of a failed Israel, well, we actually should really care. We're to see humanity can't save itself and even, even Israel can't do it. Israel, the people that God has specially taken, given all the privileges of knowing God, had squandered it, wasted it, ended up like the rest of humanity. Humanity left to themselves, left to ourselves, cannot do it. That should be the thought we come to as we read this passage, because we really need the solution. We need the solution because that's how God is going to work in this world. We really need this suffering servant we're going to learn about later on. That is how God is going to fix this world. Nothing else is going to do it. But in order to see what we need from this servant who's going to come, we need to see first what's gone wrong. What is it that makes Israel a hopeless servant? Well, there are three things this lunchtime. And the first one is that Israel is a deaf and blind servant. That's verses 18 to 20. Have a look at those with me. Hear you deaf and look, you blind that you may see. <coughs> Who is blind but my servant? Or deaf as my messenger whom I send? Who is blind as my dedicated one? Or blind as the servant of the Lord? He sees many things, but does not observe them. His ears are open, but he does not hear. As I've said already, the deaf, they can't repeat what's been said to them. The blind, they cannot lead the blinds. The shock here is that it's not that Israel were unable to see or hear anything. In fact, have a look at verse 20. Verse 20 clearly states that they see many things and that their ears are open. What is the issue? Well, the issue is they pay no attention. They do not listen. They have ears that do not hear. See, this is a spiritual blindness. This is a spiritual deafness. Israel, they don't understand who it is in their midst. They do not know the one true God. God, through his prophet Isaiah here, is calling his people to listen, to open their eyes, to wake up, to realize the state that they're in, to see what is happening. And listen to God's explanation of it, to see and to hear. They're to watch God at work and to understand that God is revealing himself to them. And if we've been tracking so far, we should be wondering, well, how could God bring about the promise of opening blind eyes if his servants' eyes are closed themselves? You see, the servant here is hopeless. They cannot open the eyes of the blind or the ears of the deaf. 
because they're deaf and they're blind themselves. Secondly, this servant is hopeless because they're trapped. You see that in verses 21 to 23. The Lord was pleased for his righteousness' sake to magnify his law and make it glorious. But this is a people plundered and looted. They are all of them trapped in holes and hidden in prisons. They've become plunder with none to rescue, spoil with none to say, restore. Who among you will give ear to this? Who will listen? Who will attend and listen for the time to come? See, the servant was meant to free captives from prison, but they're stuck there themselves. They're like a man stuck in quicksand. They can't get themselves out, let alone help the person next to them. And that means, verse 32, that there is no one else, no one to say restore. It's a hopeless situation, isn't it? Even though the people, they'd had God's instruction, even though they'd had his law, they hadn't listened to it, they hadn't kept it. If they had listened, if they had paid instruction to that, uh, paid attention to that instruction, to that law, they would have known that this was going to happen. God had already told them what was going to happen, what was coming. Uh, the book of Deuteronomy, it tells them this stuff. Uh, their own history reveals it to them. Israel knew that this should be the case. If only they'd listened. If only they'd paid attention. In fact, God calls them to look around and realise this. Verse 23. Who among you will give ear to this? Will attend and listen for the time to come? See, it might look hopeless. It is hopeless. But if you really listen, there's a chance you might be hopeful still. But for now, well, the servant is hopeless. They can't save others because they're trapped themselves. And finally, on this hopeless train this lunchtime, this servant is hopeless because they're sinful. See, the people, they may be wondering, well, why has this happened? Is it because God is too weak to save us from our enemies? Well, God is emphatic. God is emphatic that that is not the case. Verse 24 and 25. Who gave up Jacob to the looter and Israel to the plunderers? Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned, in whose ways they would not walk, and whose law they would not obey? So he poured on him the heat of his anger and the might of battle. It set him on fire all around, but he did not understand. It burned him up, but he did not take it to heart. The key issue right there in the heart of those verses, the diagnosis that's been given, the issue underneath all of this was that Israel are sinful. And because they're sinful, God has done what is right and God has punished them. Their sin has led to exile. They're going to need release as well as forgiveness. And even though God has made that abundantly clear to them, they still did not understand. They still did not take it to heart. I mean, how can a sinful servant save other sinful people? If they're being punished themselves, how can they rescue others from that punishment? Well, as we're tracking this big argument, what hope is there for the world? Or maybe the bells are going in your head. Perhaps you can see where this is going to go. What we need is a sinless servant to come. But don't get ahead of yourselves. Still got a few more weeks in Isaiah. But the picture is pretty depressing, isn't it? It's a pretty hopeless thing to see this lunchtime. The servant here is hopeless. They are blind. They are deaf. They're trapped. They're sinful. They cannot save themselves. They cannot save others. 
But if we've been listening to Isaiah's message, we shouldn't be feeling completely defeated. If we have listened to what God is saying through his prophet, then things aren't all at a loss. You don't have to go back to your office depressed this lunchtime. See, the servant being blind and trapped are the things that Isaiah has mentioned before. Those things that God has promised already that he is going to solve. Have a look back to Isaiah 42, verse 7. God says the servant who he's going to empower is going to open the eyes that are blind, bring out, from, bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. God has said that he will do those things. Those very things we see here that this servant has hopelessly wrong with them. And spoilers, this is my last talk here, so I feel I can do this. Where this whole court case is going to end up is God calling everyone to turn to him. God is going to call the entire world to turn to him because that is the only way they can be saved. That's where Isaiah 45 will leave us. God says, turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth, including Israel. For I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, for my mouth has gone out in righteousness, a word that shall not return. To me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. That's helpful because those two commands there in verse 18 are real commands. It's important we don't miss that. God's not joking here. God really wants his people to hear. He really wants his people to look. So we're actually left on a hopeful tone here, not a pessimistic one. If we're really hearing what Isaiah was saying, if we're really taking God at his promise, we should be asking ourselves, would the real servant please stand up? Israel needs to look beyond themselves, beyond their own abilities. They need to realise the one true God is the only one who can rescue. They need to listen to Isaiah and they need to trust God for that. Israel cannot save themselves. The world around them definitely can't save them, but God can. God can give comfort. God can save. God alone can rescue. Israel here, they need to realise the state that they're in and that there is only one path for rescue. And here's where the rubber meets the road. The same goes for us this lunchtime too. You see, we need to realise that we need this real servant too. We need the real servant because without him, well, we'd be like the rest of the world. We'd be blind and deaf as well. We would be stuck in sin. We'd be unable to help ourselves. See, if Israel is stuck here, remember the whole world's hope is stalled. So when we grasp this, we, we see how big this news, this passage in Isaiah really is for us. Just to underline it, to make it clear, here's an MOT as we go back to the office. As you walk back to your office, consider this. Do we really believe what this passage says? Do we really think, as we see the people walking past us on the tube, however you get back, do we really think those people are deaf and blind? Do we see those people as plundered, as looted? Do we really believe that because of our sin, people are trapped in holes, unable to get out? Do we subconsciously think that we can save ourselves? Or do we listen? And think God is the only solution. Do you see, this is the only way that God is going to work in this world. Do you realise this servant that God is promising is the only solution, the only solution for everyone in this world? So as we hear Isaiah's words this lunchtime, 
It reminds us that God's salvation can only be found in God alone. Through the way God is going to do it. Any other attempt to save ourselves is, is hopeless. Money. Technology. Education. None of them are going to do it. The only solution to the world out there for us is to trust God, to trust God's way of making it work, to align fully with the way that God is going to rescue, to align fully with God's pattern for rescue, to trust God, to trust the real servant. That's why it's so important to talk about Jesus in our workplace, isn't it? The only solution for the world. So instead, as we uh, look to the servant who hears God's words, the servant who rescues his people, the servant who himself is sinless, well, we can know that, that that is exactly what I need, what you need, what the world needs. As we see the one who's sent into the world by his father to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. See, as we trust in Jesus, and we declare him as the only solution to the world around us. Should we pray? Pray we do that as we go back. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this picture of a hopeless servant, a servant unable to do what is needed, but also showing us exactly what is needed. Father, we pray that as we dwell, think over what we've heard, what we've seen in your words this lunchtime, we would realise just how dire a situation we uh, were in, how dire a situation this whole world is in without the Lord Jesus. Father, we pray that we would really understand and grasp this, know that uh, Jesus is the only solution to this world's deepest problems. And Father, we pray that you'd use us to declare him to those around us. Amen. Dave, thanks again for coming all the way here from Hamilton.